Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. How are you? Thanks, Amanda. I'm great. I'm really, really excited to talk about the Enneagram. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I woke up this morning and I thought, what should Sarah and I talk about today on Big Brave Business? And I thought, you know what I could talk about forever and ever, amen, is the Enneagram. So I'm glad that you're excited too. And I feel like I talk about it in every single episode except our most recent (laughs) one we just recorded. Like, I swear you could make me mentioning my Enneagram a drinking game. (laughs) I love it so much. How would you, like, let's just jump in. How would you describe the Enneagram to someone who has no idea what it is? I think essentially, like, and if you're listening to this and you're an Enneagram specialist, you might feel like we're butchering this because neither of us is an expert on the Enneagram. We're just everyday people who Speak like the Enneagram. Speak for yourself. I look up all kind of things on Google. I'm an expert. Okay. Well, then you can I'm kidding. me I'm kidding. if you I'm disagree. Kidding. But I would say the, like, basic way to describe it is it's like a personality I was going to say test, but, you know, you can't fail it. So that sounds so weird. It's like personality categories. And lots of people have different opinions on, you know, these personality assessments that like categorize you and tell you things. But I think there's a lot of ways you can use it that are really effective. I think for one thing, it can help you have language to understand other people if you know their Enneagram, if they know their Enneagram. And I also think it helps you just feel seen and understood and you can like process, oh, that's why I am the way I am. That's why I operate this way. Oh, there are other people out there who operate this way as well, whose brains think like this. And also there's a lot of people out there whose brains don't think the way mine does. So I can't just expect that everybody is going to have the same experience or the same reaction to something that happens. So I just think it can help a lot with like understanding yourself and also interpersonal relationships. But with the Enneagram, there's nine different types. Well, (laughs) there's nine core types. And then there's like You could lean to one side or the other if you think of it as like a scale from one to nine or it's more like a cycle from one to nine, then you can kind of like lean to one side or the other of your number. Yeah. Yeah. So nine, nine quote unquote personality types. And then you have a a wing that you also go to sometimes during stress or even like happier times like you everybody has a dominant personality type and then a sub dominant personality um I know that when I took the assessment for the first time years ago it blew my mind because we all think that nobody else is like us until you take this assessment and my mind was absolutely blown to know that there are people out there who are exactly the same as me like when somebody tells me that they are the same Enneagram as me, I'm immediately like, oh, we're besties. 
we're besties because if you can think the way that I do, I always feel like I'm an island. And so for people to be of similar mindset and personality types, oh my gosh, I just, not that you have to be the same as me to work with me, but I do find it incredibly interesting and you will start to notice, like I found out that my childhood best friend and my friend that I met in adulthood are both twos, the helper personality. And it makes perfect sense because they are both incredibly loyal. They're incredibly protective of the people that are in their lives. And I am an Enneagram six, which what do I love more than absolutely anything in the world? Loyalty. And so it makes perfect sense that I would be best friends with someone who has the personality of I'm going to be protective and I'm going to take care of the people that are around me. So I love it. I love I love what it has done for my personal relationships. And also it's important to understand and even in business relationships. I ask my clients, have you ever taken the Enneagram? Because it helps you understand. (laughs) I will totally ask because it totally will help you understand how to relate to other people. So what is your Enneagram type, Sarah? And do you think it's 100% accurate? So I'm a, my core type is three but I'm a three wing four. And it's, I think the wing is important because threes are very accomplishment driven and we like define ourselves and our value and our worth by productivity and accomplishments. And that's like spot on, (laughs) except that threes, just like a standard three, like a true three. I don't know what the right terminology is for that, but they can be very competitive. And that is something that has never been true for me. I'm extremely competitive with myself, but not with other people. I'm like very much uh, cheering everyone on to be the best they can be. And I'm like happy for other people when they win. I play board games to have fun and I like don't care about winning. I just try to do the best (laughs) I can do. And then like, like I'll never be a cutthroat board game player. And actually my two closest friends, when we do board game nights, they are super freaking competitive with each other. And it's like an ongoing joke because they'll get ruthless and like knock each other out. And then I'll just, (laughs) one of them comes in first, one of them comes in third because they knocked each other out. And I just consistently come in second, no matter what we play. So it's really, really funny because I'm just like there for a good time. And they're like aggressive. But anyways, So I think where that comes in is really my wing because fours are really artistic and sensitive and intuitive and emotional and empathetic. And so it's like this kind of deep artisty type. So I've got this super achievement, accomplishment driven, like balanced by being super sensitive. And that is so true. Like that is spot on. What about you? You said you're, you already said your type, but what, what, tell us about it. <laughs> so I am an Enneagram six, which is the loyalist. And I totally agree with you. I think that the wings are like ex- so important to the Enneagram in general, because I am a dead set six personality, which a six is extremely hardworking. They want security more than anything else. Like to feel secure is so important to me, which is filters into how I work in the sense that I don't know boundaries when it comes to work, because to me, the more money I make, the more secure I feel, the more clients I have, the more secure I feel. And so in my personality, it just gives me comfort, which is why I tell anybody that asks me if they can get me a gift. I'm like, 
give me something comfy. Give me some comfy pajamas. Give me a comfy blanket. Give me a book. Give me some tea, coffee, something that's like comfort. So I also love to be at home, you know? So that personality type is spot on. We're also anxious people and we overcompensate for being anxious by being overprepared. And we are always, I say we, I'm talking like as the whole subset of, of sixes in the world. But what sixes do more than anything, which is where I see myself sp- so spot on, is that we are all the time constantly preparing for the worst so that we're not surprised when the worst happens. So like worst case scenarios are always going through my head, always. And that feeds into having anxiety and stress, but the harder that we work, the more secure that we feel and and we flourish. That's the six personality. But I am a six wing five, which is interesting because similar to yours, fives are very technical and very analytical minded. However, if you know me in real life or from the show, I say loud and proud, I am not a numbers person. I am not a science math person. I'm an English history person. And so that analytical is more from a mindset perspective. So like I analyze people when they're talking. I read the room really well. That's that five personality type. But when it comes to like work, I don't get the five at all, at all. So being extremely cautious is my six and then being very self-aware and reading a room is my five. And that's where I get that analytical mindset. But I think it's, um, I think it's interesting how it both plays into your personal life and in your business life. So Eric, our incredible podcast editor, do you know his Enneagram? Yeah. So if you didn't know, or if you're new here, Eric is my partner and he also works in my business with me. So one of the things that he does, he's what we call an associate editor for my company for PodFox. And so he's one of the people who edits and definitely he edits our podcast because (laughs) I'm not going to do it. And uh, it's awkward to listen to myself. I'm super critical, but also because he knows us like I mean it's a personal relationship so obviously (laughs) he's gonna do ours but anyway he is an Enneagram 9 and one thing that I think is really interesting about the Enneagram is that it being on a scale of nine three like increments of three are really significant so three six and nine are related types Right. So when operating in a place of stress or in a place of comfort or something like that, you're going to move along the scale. You know, when I'm in a place of really high stress, I'm going to operate more in a place of six. And when I'm in extreme, like whatever the opposite is, like lethargy, laziness, like check out, then I'm going to slide into nine. And Eric is a nine by default, and I think he's a nine wing one, and he slides to three in stress. So that's my type. So it's interesting because it seems like the types are not related. Like I'm an overachiever and I dr- I'm driven by accomplishment and productivity. Nines are peacemakers. So they avoid conflict at all costs. They're very diplomatic. They want to please as many people as possible. They want utilitarian solutions. They want to like avoid conflict. But when he's really stressed out, he's going to slide into 
my personality type, which I just think that's interesting because it kind of shows how our types either do or don't get along. Yeah. And I I just think as far as to your point, like both interpersonally, just in your regular life, as well as in business, it's going to show up in how you engage with other people. But yeah, peacemaker, that's, that's Eric's. And then one is more um, like structured and it's funny. I'm not really sure like um, one versus five. I don't know a lot about fives, but um, but it's like very much structured and like having a checklist and like following a, a process and um, sticking to the plan kind of a, a type. So he's got this weird blend of those two where uh, he is a peacemaker that avoids conflict. And then also he's definitely got this like one side to him but what about drew interestingly enough drew is also a nine wing one which is so funny he um he's definitely a peacemaker personality and in the first two (laughs) we'll just be honest three years of our relationship it was really really hard for me to understand his personality because I'm a six and sixes want that like I said that security so part of having that security is having hard conversations like my thing is like let's just get into it let's discuss the nitty-gritty so we can get it all out into the open and then we're all on the same page and if you know conflict arises like let's just deal with it where Drew is like he'll get up and walk out of a room and the first two years of our relationship I was like oh he doesn't care or he um he doesn't want to understand no it's a hundred percent his personality type he goes that's his like I got to get out of here I got to get out of here cooler heads will prevail and so when (laughs) I took the enneagram I told him I said you have to take the enneagram and he was a nine wing one and I was like absolutely a hundred percent you are. And it made, it made all the difference in our marriage. I tell people all the time, like if you want to understand your spouse, your partner, your friends better, do the Enneagram because it has totally get, and it also will give you a lot of peace, but also will give you a lot of grace towards people to understand that not everybody is like you, Amanda, I'm talking to myself (laughs) because literally we would, um, we'd have arguments and I would be like, oh no, you're going to talk to me. Like I'm, I would go into panic mode. Like we're going to have this conversation now or we're not going to have it at all, you know? And he was like, I can't, I can't. But now that we've had a lot of maturity, our relationship has grown. We both understand each other's personalities a lot better. There is that common ground where, okay, we're going to cool off because we're both upset with each other and we're not communicating because right now, because we're both upset. And then the next day he's really good about saying, okay, thank you for giving me time to think about it. Thank you for giving me time to like, process. Let's discuss. And that's our middle ground because if it was up to him, we would never talk about it. That's that peacemaker personality where he's like any kind of like conflict he will run from. But his compromise is I know she needs me to talk about it. And my compromise is I know he can't talk about it right now. And that has changed. I mean, it has totally changed our marriage completely for sure. So I highly recommend it for your relationships. And it's also you, it is so eye-opening. You will think of times that you've been around your partner or your friends and you'll be like, 
oh my God, you're such a two or you're such a nine. Like I t- like we say on the podcast all the time, oh, this is such a six talking. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm already preparing for doomsday. And I'm like, yep, that's my six showing up today. <laughs> so it's very, it's very interesting. Do you see it a lot in your, like how it comes up in how you show up for your business? I think it shows up in business for me in that entrepreneurship is a great fit. I think one of the reasons why entrepreneurship is so fulfilling for me is because I I built it, right? Like and it's going to grow as much as I put into it. So it's literally a direct correlation of if I put in the effort and the strategy, I'm going to see the output, right? Input and output. I guess that's a good way to think of it. And for me being very driven by my accomplishments, I I love seeing that productivity just show up. Whereas in kind of the corporate world, I could spin my wheels a lot more and feel like I poured all of this into it and then they chose to go another direction or I poured all of this into it and then the person who was responsible for executing it butchered it or whatever, right? Or here I have this great idea and I can show you all of the reasons why it would be great and here's this like profitability projection and here's all the plans and like here you go and then they just choose not to do it, right? Or they do it, it goes great, and they get all the credit for it, right? <laughs> like, the, it's not my company. It's not my, like, I don't get the credit for that. It's not my intellectual property anymore. And it's cool in entrepreneurship that what I'm building is mine, and I did that, right? And I think also, I think one of the earliest episodes we did, it's, these are still early episodes, but <laughs> this is still early days of this podcast. But one of our first episodes, you had asked me about like a proud accomplishment or something. And I said, it sounds cheesy, but every single time I pay my bills with money I earned from a business I built, like I think that's literally my Enneagram three of just being totally fulfilled and satisfied by the fact that I built this. And I also, in doing client work and the type of relationships I have with my clients, I get a lot of affirmations. Like all day long, my clients are telling me how great I am, how smart I am, how much they love me, how much they want to hug me, how much they appreciate me. And you know what? (laughs) That feels real good. (laughs) That is so, and again, so different from corporate, where it's more like that scarcity. You're lucky to be here. You're easily replaceable. There's a line of people who wants your job. You know, don't take any time off. We we need you here. And if you step out of line, this job will go to someone else. You know what I mean? Like you're lucky we deign to pay you, kind of energy. And I, I really think. It's just, it's completely flipping that on its head. And as a three, that is like such a place of stress to be like, I have to prove myself constantly. Like you are throwing yourself. If you challenge me, prove that you have value, prove that you, you know, belong here, prove that we should keep paying you. I will work myself to death to prove that. Like, there's no end to how productive I can be. So if you're going to tell me that's the measure of whether or not I belong here, I will work my life away. And this is so different in entrepreneurship where it's, I don't know, you get it. But yeah, so 
I think it shows up in all of those ways. And um, yeah, probably a million others. What about you? (laughs) Yeah, I think to me, it gives me a lot of comfort to know that my personality really does jive with my business and like what I do as a virtual assistant, because there is so much reassurance that I get on a daily basis that's like, you're doing a good job or thank you so much for being here or like, thank you so much for like being an instrumental part of my business. That is just nothing but security for me. Like you need me. You're happy that I'm working in your business. Like that to me is just like catnip. I can't, I mean, I can't get enough of it. And I also think it also adds to, I don't know, this is probably the main if I'm being honest, the main thing that I'm like, oh, that's a six mentality is I am only limited to how much I want to work on how much I want to make. There is endless amounts of money in the world that I could be making. How hard do I want to work this week? How how big do I want to show up? Do I want to put in overtime and make extra cash? So it's always like, it's up to me. So for me, there's that security of I can take care of myself. That has always been my number one thing my entire life, even in childhood, was how can I make enough money to take care of myself no matter what? Again, always thinking about the worst case scenario. You know, what if Drew got hit by a bus tomorrow and I was like now a single income person again? How can I make sure that I can continue to grow and live at the at the same way that I'm living now and better even? You know, it's always about working hard, showing up for myself to be completely self-reliant. And what comes with that is you do need people. You know, I have to tell myself all the time, you're not an island and you need to reach out to people and it's good to rely on other people and trust people because trust is a big thing that sixes don't like. We do not like trust. We think any at any moment, people are going to change their mind about how they feel about you, whether it's in business or in personal, you know, in a personal relationship. And so really working through those mindsets of I'm valuable, I'm important, what I bring to the table is necessary. And I would say just yeah. until like the past two or three years, have I really used the Enneagram to just become a better, fuller, happier person um, to understand how I operate in the world. And so that's why like, I'm so happy that we did this episode because I want to encourage anybody, if you're curious, like if you think for even a moment that you're the only person that feels the way you do, Take the Enneagram. It's free online and read up about your type and then go down the rabbit hole that I did and get all your friends to do it and then look at how your personality goes with their personality and how you both can communicate. And it's it's really, it's been so beneficial. I love it. I think also it's beneficial from like a management perspective mm-hmm. because knowing these things about you and especially hearing you express them with your own words or if I spend time like reading about sixes, although you're not the only important six in my life, you're one of the important sixes. My mom is also a six. Oh, my One of my stepsons is also a six. And so it's interesting because also like these people, three of the closest, most important relationships in my life are with sixes. Yay. So I feel like I attract them. Anyway, I think it it is really helpful to understand those things about you and the way that your brain works because it helps in how I communicate with you effectively. So if I know that one of your big stressors is this idea that somebody's opinions could change at any point or like if there if I know that there's a lot of anxiety there, then I can send you something and say like, "Hey, I I'm feeling like we really need a planning call. All good things. Yes. Like it's all good things, yes. but these are some these are some of the stuff I want to talk about, right? So you don't have that 
like kind of fear in reading between the lines. Like I can make sure that there's, you know, the the written affirmation of we're good. I appreciate you so much. I trust you so much. In fact, I trust you so much that I need your brain on some of these issues. I need your help with like planning for these things or whatever. And I also think for you, the nature of what you do for a lot of clients is helping them with the things that would stress you out Mm -hmm. in running a business. So like having the plans and the processes and the strategy and like, like, hey, I'm making sure none of these balls get dropped. I'm making sure nothing slips through the cracks. I'm taking care of all these like little details so that you don't have to be stressed about them. And you're the perfect personality (laughs) type care of those things because i will know? stress for you <laughs> like i will wake up in the morning right. and be like wait did we do sure. that or <laughs> i will yeah. that's what i tell people i am more than you realize like i tell my clients more than you realize i'm thinking about you more than you think i am <laughs> like i am stressing and, and thinking about you and your business about your dog oh, going to the vet like i care good. i want you to know <laughs> my personality type will let me know and like i will wake up in the morning sometimes and i'm like did I do that yesterday? I think I did. I know I did. And then I'll go back to sleep for about five minutes and then I'll be, I'll sit up in bed and be like, I got to go check. I got to go check. Did I do it? And it's, it's, okay, well, I do that too, you know? but that's me slipping into a six though. Yeah. Right. Like that's what I was saying earlier where you do slide. And I think that I also want to say that my version of what you just said of like, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about you more than you think I am. My version of that with my Enneagram three is I tell people all the time, I'm as invested in your success as you are, if not mm-hmm. more. I tell people that yeah. all the time, but I mean that from the bottom of my heart. When I work on a show, you better believe I am determined for that yeah. show to be successful. I will go to the ends of the earth to make sure. sure that that show is successful. And if at any point you're questioning whether that show is successful, you better believe I've got receipts to show you how your show is successful because that's my Enneagram 3, yeah. right? So it's like it's interesting how we both have those like little taglines that we find ourselves saying to clients all the time yeah I love it and you can take an assessment which will point you in the direction of your Enneagram type but you actually don't even have to take the assessment you could just read about the nine types and you know which one you identify with you you know you decide and even if you take the assessment and you're reading about like let's say you score really high for two different types you can choose which one is the most appropriate for you. For me, I found the assessment to be really helpful because when you first approach the Enneagram and there's nine types, reading details about nine types feels really overwhelming to me. Like I wanted to expedite that. So it helped me to jump right to where did I score the highest? And then I can go from there. Um, I follow a lot of quote unquote Enneagram specialists, people that teach it, like it, whatever on Instagram. And I read one time somebody that knew a lot more about it than I did posted on Instagram and said, if you really want to know without taking the assessment, which Enneagram you are, look at what the core desires are of mm-hmm. each type and you'll be able to tell. You'll be able to tell which one you are according to Instagram. So take that with a grain of salt. But I do think that's actually really, really good advice. Really good advice. Like, because if you ask my husband, what do you want more than anything in the world? He's like, peace, calm, no surprises. (laughs) 
you know, just, I want things to just go how they need to go. I want everybody to be happy and taken care of. That's, that's when he's at his most relaxed. And I would say Eric's version of that is like peace, stability. He wants everybody that he loves to just be happy and fine. Yep. And he wants people to leave him alone. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Drew's like, just don't rock my boat and I won't rock yours. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. We'll keep you that. You know? So, so yeah, it's very interesting for sure. So I hope this was helpful for somebody. Like I said earlier, it was super helpful to me, not only in my relationships, but also in how I just handle myself. Like there are times that I'm super triggered at work and I'm like, you're acting this way because this is your personality. It's not because you're out of control. It's because you're really seeking to get control because you really need the stability. So work through it, level yourself out, remember how much you bring to the world, and it's all going to be okay. And like once you can talk to your personality type like that, to me, it makes all the difference and you give yourself so much more grace where years ago I was like, oh, why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? Why can't I just be chill like Drew? Why can't I just be calm and, you know, have no stress? Well, guess what? That's not my personality type. And I I learned to give myself grace that way. So I really (laughs) encourage anybody to explore it. It's, it's incredible. It will blow your mind if you've never taught, if you've never taken it. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely love it. I love all personality assessments, though. I think they're really mm-hmm. fun and interesting. I love learning about myself and being self-reflective. I love learning about other people and letting that kind of influence the way that I try to interact in that relationship, which I was thinking like optimize that relationship, which is my Enneagram <laughs> 3 speaking. Like how do I make this as effective of a relationship as possible? There we go again. So yeah, but it's funny things like that where I can notice that about myself and think like, oh yeah, that's my three, right? And yeah. sometimes even, oh yes, there's my wing four. Like I love being able to see that in myself and just understanding who I am and how I approach things and feeling seen and understood and sometimes called out. <laughs> sometimes yeah, that Instagram content calls you out. It really does. It will it will make you oh you're like, oh okay, well that was a little too close to home. <laughs> not to like what's the word? Not to beleaguer the point, but have you ever done the like word like the uh love languages. Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Do you have you noticed how the love languages play into the Enneagram? Does no. yours? Cuz mine definitely does. <laughs> and when I, I tell mean, you what mine is, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, obviously." <laughs> is it words? It is 100% words of affirmation. Yeah, I would have guessed. Totally. That. It gives me nothing gives me more peace, more happiness than words of affirmation. It's so funny because I'll ask Drew, my husband, I'll ask him all the time, like, tell me something nice. Tell me something good. And he'll tell me something. And I'm like, that's exactly what I need. Like it cracks him up that that is all I want. Or like when we first started dating, I'd be like, do you even really like me? And he'd be like, I'm engaged to you. So (laughs) like, yeah. Um, But to me, it was important to hear it. And for him, he's an acts of service. So he's like, he did not makes him sound like an asshole when I say this, but he's like, look at all I've done for you. Why would I, why would you think I don't care? And I'm like, I don't really care about all that, actually. I just want to know, like, do you think I'm pretty and important? (laughs) I feel like... I feel like the love languages – and yeah, this could be a whole other can of worms. I'll keep it short. I know. I feel like love languages tends to be more based on what it is you're missing or what it is you need. 
Like, I think that if you look at your love languages from relationship to relationship or life stage to life stage or after experiencing some kind of trauma, like, it shifts, it changes because it just is based on, like, and I could, maybe the people who write love languages would be like this is false. Write in and let us know. I feel like it's it's based on more like what it is you're needing in that in those circumstances you know so I think like a kid who because love languages don't just have to be romantic right but I think a kid who has parents who don't show physical affection could either grow up to not correlate physical affection with love or they are craving physical touch. Like, I need physical touch because I didn't have it. You know what I mean? I could see it going that way. I think I crave words of affirmation. I count myself as a very confident, self-confident person. But for me, I am someone who, like, you could, like, (laughs) this is going to sound really tactless but to me the most attractive people in the world are really really great communicators like I agree like (laughs) like a hundred percent they're like if I told you my Hollywood top 10 everybody always like really Amanda and I'm like listen have y'all heard Stanley Tucci talk about Italy because oh my god I love that man um I just I respect and appreciate (laughs) really listen do not laugh at me Stanley Tucci Seinfeld I could get down with some with some Jerry all the time. He's hilarious and he's a great communicator. Like my Hollywood top 10, you will not find Ryan Gosling. You will not find Brad Pitt. Mine are all like really, really great communicators or they're really funny. So for me, I've always really appreciated really good communication. So when someone does something nice for me, I'm like, well, I could have done that for myself, but thanks. But you know what I can't do? I mean, I guess I could, but what I can't do is validate myself verbally you know, on a regular basis or have someone to like, you do, which is why I love you. Like it's so, it's so endearing to me when people can, can articulate how they feel about something or someone. So anyways, I think that's why it means so much to me. Like, you know, my dad will send me like the nicest text ever. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And that's something else. And then we can wrap this up that I have learned when it comes to whether it's the Enneagram, whether it's how you communicate, whether it's your personality type, your love language, whatever. When you do get what you need from a relationship, a friendship and business, praise what you want repeated. So like the biggest learning thing that I have I have noticed was when someone like my dad sends me a nice text and he's like, you're doing a great job. I'm really proud of you. I will tell him you have no idea how much that means to me to hear you say that or to read that you said that like that means more to me than you'll ever know. And guess what? I get a lot more of those texts. So like my biggest bit of advice is and my one of my life mantras is praise what you want repeated when a client gives me really good advice or a lot of you know nice words I'll tell them you have no idea how much that means to me words about and I'll tell people words of affirmation mean more to me than money so thank you for thank you for telling me that you know praise what you want repeated go take your enneagram and come tell us what personality type you are yeah I I think that Praise what you want repeated is such good advice. And I would piggyback off of that and say, like, people can't read your mind. So in any relationship that you're in, whether it's a client relationship, a colleague relationship, a management relationship, a friendship, a, like, parenting 
relationship, whatever, any kind of relationship, don't ever assume that the other person can read your mind and telling them what you need from them is the only way for Mm -hmm. them to know. It's the only way. And I think especially in work and romantic relationships, telling people what you need from them is like mission critical and and don't assume that don't assume that anybody knows ever yeah no matter how well they know you you have to tell them you do you have to tell them and also notice how other people are loving you because nine times out of ten that's how they want to be loved and that to me is also a big a big Mm -hmm. piece of advice is my husband is like I've done all these nice things for you why would you ever question you know, my love for you. And I'm like, because you haven't told me, but to him, it's really important that I do nice things for him. So Mm -hmm. I have to make an effort that way too. It's, it's a very interesting, we are all complex human beings. And Mm -hmm. now to totally switch gears, Sarah, tell me your three things that are making you happy this week. And if you want to go back and forth, we can't. Okay. First thing is we have gone to see two movies this week and mm. I we love movies in general Eric has a master's in film and we are definitely movie watchers love 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 media of all forms clearly hence what I do for a living but regardless <laughs> we got these movie passes and you can see it's not unlimited it's like up to two movies per week with these movie passes so that's a lot of movie or maybe it's three i don't know anyways we've never maxed it out but that's a lot of movies so we got these movie passes we really only have to see two movies a month to make it worth it and we're trying to make it at least like a once a week thing and if we do that we're like more than getting our money's worth we're doing something we both love together and it's like dedicated date time so i love it it's been really fun we saw cocaine bear and we saw oh my god how was it it looks it so dumb to me, but I've heard people so say it's actually fun. pretty good. Really? It was actually okay. pretty good. It's okay. very graphic. The maulings <laughs> are really, really violent. I was shocked when, when Eric first told me about it. I was like, are you you really want me to go see this movie? And then he showed me the preview for it, and I was like, okay, it looks pretty funny. Uh, Whatever. We have these movie passes. Who cares? We can go see anything, right? We can even go see movies that suck. It's totally fine. But I have to say, like, the cast did phenomenally. So, and it was very funny. And then you find yourself laughing at things that you're like, I can't believe I just laughed at that. Like, you know. See, I think about, like, going up to the window at the movie theater and the little teenager being like, okay, what do you want to watch? And you're like, can I get two tickets to see Cocaine Bear? <laughs> like, just the name is ridiculous. Well, then just order oh, your tickets God. on a No, I'm not app. saying I wouldn't do it. But I just do. I do think it's funny, but I have heard people say that it's really good and hilarious. So it actually to, uh, was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun. And then um, our local theater does has been doing this thing where they are replaying the old Godzilla movies. So we also fun. went to see one of the... Not a recent Godzilla movie, an older Godzilla movie. So yeah, so that's what we saw this week, and um, I'm loving that. What about you? What's your first one? So my first one is I um, don't know. Something about spring makes me want to just eat outside. Like I just want to be outside. I just want to eat outside. And something that I have started doing um, 
midday every day, like lunchtime, is I will make me a little mini charcuterie board and I'll put cheese and honey and fruit and crackers and I go sit outside and I've just been enjoying. We've had like the most beautiful weather down here and those little cheese boards that I have been making for myself, just a little something to feel a little fancy during the day as I'm working in sweats all day long, (laughs) sweats all day long, has made, has just given me the littlest bit of peace and light during the week that I have enjoyed so much. I'm so excited for brunches outside, sundresses. Like I'm I'm ready for spring and I'm normally not like that. So half and half, it's spring, but it's also my little cheese boards. I will have to share you all a picture on my Instagram yeah. because they're so cute. Like I'm really underselling it. Like really cute little cheeses. It's delicious. So yeah, my cheese boards are making me really happy this week and I intend on I also am like a food fixator where I'll eat the same thing every day for two weeks and then I never want to think about it again. So in two weeks, I will never want to talk about a cheese board again. But as of now, they're my obsession. So I love them. What's your second thing? So my second thing is that I've been really into audiobooks, which is not really new. I'm a big Audible girl. Like I have a really robust Audible account and I... I'm very proud of my stats, et cetera, in Audible. I'm really proud of the library as well. I think I've mentioned on here before that with reading, I like reading physical fiction books, like holding them in my hand and reading them. Um, I like listening to nonfiction. So any personal, professional development, history, et cetera, I tend to prefer audiobooks. But anyways, because to me, it's like a podcast. So it's easy to listen to. And I love that with audiobooks, you can speed them up. So anyways, I have this really robust Audible account. And I have had a Chirp account for years, but I recently just like went back in there. I haven't used it in a long time. And like if Audible is out of your price range or if you feel like man I would use this more if it wasn't so expensive you have got to get on chirp because chirp audiobooks are like two and three dollars for like current books and not all of them but just don't you don't ever have to buy it at 20 to 30 bucks a book you can get it for a dollar or two and they have a huge library and just like a really, really massive selection of books in there and super affordable. And right now they have a deal going on um, and maybe they always do. I don't know because I haven't used this app in years, but they have a deal going on series where like some really hit series, some really like popular series, you can get the entire series of audiobooks for a discounted price and it's not across all series they have like a select one so maybe they just maybe that's all the time and they just switch it out I don't really know but I was flipping through them and I didn't actually I don't I'm I have a huge to be read pile TBR so I don't really need to add any more to it but I definitely saw some series that I either have read and loved or for way more money or I would totally read and it was like 11 bucks for the whole series or something. I mean, that's wild. So anyways, if you're into audiobooks and you don't know Chirp Audio, you got to switch to Chirp Audiobooks or at least add it to your repertoire. That's my plan. When I run out of my Audible credits for the month, I'm going to switch to Chirp. (laughs) Yeah. I would also encourage if everybody like, if you like audiobooks, check in with your local library and see if they support 
Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. It's what I use. They're all free. And like right now I am listening to the Court of Roses and something. It's very popular. If you're a book, if you're a book person, you're going to be like Amanda. But I've been listening to those and they're all free, but they are part of your library has to support it. But it's it's also a great option. They also have Libby, which is supported yeah. supporting local libraries as well. So yeah, that's another one. And yeah, to your point, they're free. I like the quote unquote ownership of it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. free is free. Free is great. So yeah, lots of places to get audiobooks. We're the book girls. So we are the book actually, girls. Actually, my shirt today says <gasps> read more books. So I love it. And we neither one of us acknowledged the fact that we're both w- rocking the messy buns today. I know. I did notice though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, a Thursday. Fun and books kind of day. Yes. Okay. So my second thing is I watched a movie recently. If you like twist and turns and thriller and different points of view and unexpected endings yeah if you like all those things you if will you like this gone movie. girl i'm gonna send you back to no, what, gone girl's old I, um, I was just waiting for like, it i was like 2012 no but this one is brand new i stumbled on this one the other night it's called sharper it just came out it's got julianne moore in it it's got a bunch of people that i didn't know but it's called sharper i think you watch it on apple plus maybe or maybe it's on hulu i can't remember but look it up it's called sharper julianne moore it is twisty and turvy i went in did not read anything about it i just thought that the cover looked interesting i thought it was so Good. I thought it was so interesting. Highly recommend. I would love for Eric to watch it as someone who loves film and knows film Mm -hmm. to see what he thinks about it. But I totally never saw the ending coming. And again, multiple points of view. Really, really, really well done and fun to watch. Just a fun movie to watch. Me and Drew were watching it or Drew and I were watching it. And um, we were both guessing at the ending, which is to me the fun, the funnest movies to watch. Most fun movies to watch are the ones that you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen now? So Sharper, it's really, really good. What did you watch it on? Yeah, I just looked it up. It's Apple TV. So if you have Apple Plus, you can watch it. I'm assuming that within like two days, it'll be on Hulu. That's how it always works, it seems. If you don't have Apple TV, you need it anyway because the new season of Ted Lasso is <gasps> I watched it last night. Is on. So it's coming out now. I think there's two episodes out so far, and it's so good. That it wasn't so going to be my third thing, but I think now it has to be. But yeah, then I didn't have any food this week. But okay, that's fine. <laughs> So food is always in my top things that I'm enjoying. But anyway, yeah, Ted Lasso, ugh, the season, it's so good. This show is so good because it is laugh out loud funny and then really good social commentary, emotional scenes, character development. Like it's written beautifully. The cast is incredible. And I can't wait to see what their next projects are because this is the last season. So it's season three, last season. If you haven't gotten on the Ted Lasso bandwagon yet, but I know you've heard people talk about it for the past couple of years, you've got to get on the bandwagon, you guys. It's so good. Yeah, I was really surprised at how much I loved it. For sure. It's it's really good. There's I think there's actually three. We watched them last night and I thought I did not realize that it was only three episodes. And Drew is like, I will not watch a show until all the episodes are available. Oh, no. And so we were watching it and we got to the end of the second or third one that's out now. And he looked at me and he was like, is that all there is? And I was like, <gasps> I didn't know. And he was like, now I have to wait every single week. <laughs> he was like so upset because we're bingers. We will wait. We will be behind the times and then we'll just binge it. So yeah, Ted Lasso is a good one. It's a great, it's a great show. And I'm sad that it's, 
I'm sad that it's going away. I'm sad too, but like I said, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do, what everybody from that that cast and crew is going to do next because they're all so talented. It's really true. Okay, well, my last thing, I just finished a book yesterday, and I mentioned on the podcast, I think, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, um, but it's called How to Sell a Haunted House, and it's by Grady Hendrix. I went in completely cold to this book. It was recommended to me, and I bought it as like a gift for, um, for my birthday from like this super awesome person who gave me a gift card for my birthday, <laughs> Sarah. So I got it for my birthday, and I read it, and I finished it last night, and I'm just going to, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I'll just say this from a high level view is the book is about a house that needs to get sold. There's something wrong with the house that's a little off. And when I found out what the thing was that was quote unquote, the scary part of it, I don't want to say what it was. I eye rolled so hard. I was like, I'm going to hate this book. This is so stupid, whatever. But I was like, I've paid for it. I've used my birthday gift card. I'm going to push through. And I'm so glad that I did about halfway through. None of it was scary to me. And I was reading it late at night after I got done working because that's like my rule is that I read for 30 minutes before I go to sleep. And Mm -hmm. I was laying in my bed, reading it with my book light with the lights off. And I started to notice that I was like curling my toes. I was like drawing my knees into my chest as I was as I was reading. And I was like, I think I'm a little scared. I think I'm a little scared. And by the end of it, if I told you what the thing was, you would be eye rolling too because I was like, this is so stupid. But by the end, it was so good. It totally paid off. I thought it was so fun. I really hope that they make it into a movie. Mm. So How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. So fun. Um, Yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. I'm going to write a review on it on Goodreads probably tomorrow. So, well, Sarah, this has been a long episode, but I think it's been a really fun one. We love the Enneagram and we love sharing what's making us happy this week. So I hope that you'll all come and talk to us about what your Enneagram type is. Sarah, where can they find us? Find us over on Instagram at Big Brave Business. Let us know what podcast episodes you like the best because we've we've done a, a wide variety in our first what are we at? Like 20? Our first 20-ish episodes. So yeah. tell us what you like. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. We'll find us at, at Big Brave Business or you can follow Sarah at Sarah K. Heater or you can follow me at Amanda Nelson Reads. So we will look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Catch you next week. <laughs>